This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today on CityCast Chicago, whether it's scrolling your social media feed or binge watching your favorite shows, technology rules our world. But what would you do if all of that was suddenly gone? A new film out this weekend called Unplugging digs into what that'd be like. And it's based right here in Chicago. Familiar terrain for producers Brad Morris and Matt Walsh, who also stars in the film. We talked to Morris and Walsh about how they came up with the idea of the film and how Chicago shaped their careers and comedy, including the classic comedy and one of my faves, Veep. It's Thursday, April 21st. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Unplugging. You, I, w- I wish I could say that you were the only person to make that mistake, but I think what we're learning is we may have titled it incorrectly, right? We almost changed the title to Unplugged, yeah. so you're not yeah. wrong for saying that. If we can just get all the people that are calling it Unplugged to watch it, uh, we'll be fine. There are so many scenes in Unplugging that we can relate to, right? Phones in bed scolding somebody to get off their phone when they look at ours. Uh, Alexa always chiming in. Were these specific things happening to either or both of you that inspired these scenes? Uh, Matt, I'll start with you. Well, I'll give you the backstory a little bit, Jacoby. Brad and I were in New Orleans watching a Bears game, and I told him about half an idea, which is basically like a soft apocalypse. Like, we're so addicted to technology. What if we had to survive? We had everything else but technology. And so that... Brad and I took that idea and we, it mutated into the reality of like how integrated we are with technology and how it does pull our relationships apart. And much of what's in the script, either Brad experienced in his real life or I experienced in my real life. Brad, is there a particular moment from the film that you can directly connect to a moment in your life and you was like, I am still dealing with that or I've been dealing with that? I think the idea, I mean, even early on in the movie, there's a scene where the family is, you know, heading to work and school and they're at a light and they're trying to figure out uh, what the calendar, what the notations in a calendar mean. Sunday, I have a walk through to property. Uh, that's not in the calendar. What about shopping? No, yeah, it's in green. Oh, I have to invite you. You're supposed to go shopping. Oh, I know, honey, your dad's gonna take you. I'll take you shopping. Cause you're not getting a bra. We can get a bra if you want. Pass. Uh, even in an attempt to be to use technology for its one of its better purposes, which is to be organized, it, even that causes miscommunication and uh, frustration. And um, so that that that's one thing. That scene you were referencing when they're sitting at the light, Eva Longoria's character Janine is just like, "I gotta invite you. I, I gotta invite yes, you." Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, we've been plugged in for a long time. Does something about this this current moment, this pandemic, this isolation, make you all feel like this film was was of this particular moment in any way? Well, I think so. Like, it's not 
I think what's good about it is it's very it's a it's a human comedy. Like technology's not going anywhere. We're not saying mm-hmm. like we need to get rid of these things. But it's just the balance that's so hard. We're definitely not trying to make a statement about, you know, whether or not it's good or bad as much as, like Matt said, just, you know, how we relate to it. Um, try and make make it humorous and, and just the idea of finding a level of interaction with the necessary evils, per se, uh, that feels healthy to us. Mm-hmm. I think one of the overall jokes of the story is that by the end of it, so they go away and they try to put down their screens and they try to not live on their phones and they try to just be with each other. And by the end of the movie, they're convinced that China has hacked the whole power grid on the West Coast of America <laughs> and we're at war. Like, that's <laughs> hilarious to me. We gotta get out of here. Like, yeah, we're having a family emergency. You gotta get us out of here. Maybe drive us to the next town or something. I'd like to, but... Tim has my car. I mean, he's, he's checking out an estate sale. How are you not freaked out by any of this? There's no power, there's no Wi-Fi, there's Chinese drones Look, look sometimes everywhere. it is challenging living out here, but the way I see it, when your time is up, well, it doesn't matter whether you get melted by a nuke or choke on a chicken nugget. Gil, this is Code Red. We are in Code Red. You're sort of always two clicks away in a certain situation from allowing your paranoia to get the best of you. Even if you are feeling sick at home and you go online and you go down a rabbit hole and you've got a stomach ache, you're two clicks away from the little stomach bug being something much, much scarier. So again, it's just sort of how do we, how do we relate with this, this sort of enormous um, power or accessibility to info, some of which isn't necessarily always real, mm-hmm. right? In addition to just having a good time seeing the movie, uh, is there a message for us to take away from unplugging, you know, aside from, you know, get off your phone and look up? I I think part of the message is you always win when you get out into nature. Nature is like the best reset. Whether you live here, you can get to the lake or go to a park. It's not just like putting down screens. It's getting to a place where there's like more nature than civilization. I think those kind of resets are really valuable for our spirit. If one of the messages is balance, you know, then then if technology represents a more internal, you know, uh, space to uh, function in, I think nature is the is the other balance. Um, and I think it's I think it's more important than it's ever been. Have you all found yourself since writing, since making a movie, you know, encouraging other relationships like when you're out and maybe with on with groups and you see people on their phones like have you all been like hey maybe you should maybe you should put it down a little bit have you has this changed y'all's perspective or changed y'all's behavior or y'all still in large group settings just like uh what the bears doing in the off season (laughs) i honestly don't know that i'm better about like trying to be present but like one thing that bugs the crap out of me is like when somebody has their ringer on and they're not answering it, like that's that's like offloading your stress on me. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm getting stressed because you're getting a call. Like turn your ringer off. So if it feels like whatever they're doing is invading my peace of mind, then I'll say it. But in general, I don't come into a room and go, here's an idea. Let's play a board game and not use our screens for 30 minutes. I have a bowl. Let's all put our phones in it. I'm not putting my nasty, having wiped it phone with all your nasty, having wiped it phones in a bowl. Nobody got no Clorox wipes in here. I just carry, I just carry a fanny pack filled with um, chocolate covered almonds. And if someone's doing something on their phone I don't like, I just pelt them. 
Just hit him with candy. <laughs>as you're watching it, you definitely recognize Chicago and unplugging. There's actually a scene when y'all were going down Lake Park uh, next to Kenwell High School that I very much recognize. But you got scenes on Lake Street, the skyline, Lakeshore Drive. You know, was it important for y'all to film here in Chicago? The story was always set in Chicago because Brad and I are both from here and we really wanted Mm -hmm. to have it be like a, whatever, typical, there's something very like typical and great about Chicago. It speaks to a lot of people, I think. It's like a very normal, middle-class kind of world, hopefully. And so I think that was important to the story. And then because their getaway ends up being Indiana, we really had to show them leaving the city. Yeah. And But the bulk of the movie was shot in Oklahoma, um, just so you know. But a lot of the shots that you're recognizing were, were shot here. We had a, a local crew that did uh, a lot of our, you know, establishing shots of the city. And we had a very specific scouting, you know, that we did. And, and because Matt and I are from here, we had certain shots uh, like you're referencing that we want. We really wanted included. We want to be true to the fact that if you're going to Indiana, you know, you, you need to be going south on Lakeshore Drive. You know, you need to be uh, mm-hmm. uh, really seeing everything heading out of town that way. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was important to us. And I mean, I hope we get to shoot a movie end to end in Chicago sometime soon. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it was nice and important that we set it here. And obviously, we've we have a couple little nods to Chicago. I think there's a we might Matt might be wearing a Manny's t-shirt at some point. <laughs> I think he might be wearing a Wiener Circle t-shirt yeah. at some point. Uh, so little little hat tips. Shout yeah. out to Wiener Circle. Shout out to Manny's Deli. Uh, <laughs> Staying on Chicago, and I'll stay with you, Brad. I know you both were, were born here. You're from here. Tell us about your early days in the city. You know, what neighborhood did you live in? What was your start in the city? I grew up basically uh, Clark and Fullerton, so north side, mm-hmm. uh, Lincoln Park. You know, my dad worked for a company when I was young that they had uh, like a ticket package to the Sox. So I grew up, my first games I went to were at Old Comiskey, which as a lifelong Cub fan, this is not a popular opinion, but the original Comiskey to me is better than Wrigley Field. It was better than Wrigley Dang. Field. Yeah. So, so that, <laughs> that I'm being, with that it. Being, I'm that with that it. Being, I'm from 87th and Sangamon. There I'm we go. It. I, I mean, I love it. I, I, I came back here after college and, you know, Matt and I share a lot of the same travels in terms of our training and and uh, improv olympic mm-hmm. and the annoyance theater and second city and so spent a lot of my time bouncing around from not super nice apartment to not super nice apartment <laughs> in my 20s and into my 30s before i eventually moved uh, out to la i'll just say it i'm not a baseball guy so i can't claim to be a Sox fan or a cubs fan truthfully but i grew up at the old comiskey as well i always remember like people getting way too hammered as a little kid and being scared <laughs> or like a guy in line had passed out right before he bought his stuff. And then the lady's trying to wake him up. And then she woke him up and he got scared and he ran away and he left his wallet on the counter. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I just got to say, as someone who's been living in L.A. now for, for 10 years, uh, maybe 11, you don't get that mm. at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> you know, with having lived in L.A., New York, Chicago, what was unique and what is unique about Chicago's comedy circuit? Like, what is it about you all's time working the scene in Chicago that, you know, kind of prepared you for where you are now? I think it's sort of like that laboratory. There's a guy, Del Close, who we all studied with. And it's he would always say, like, Chicago's the lab and the, the laboratory in New York and 
LA or the marketplace. So you have this really protected run where you can make little money. You can, you don't need a lot of money to pay, you know, like in, in New York, you need a lot of money just to have a, a place to sleep. And in Chicago, you don't really need that big nut. You can get a cheap theater and put up a show for not a lot of money. So it's, it's not financially intimidating. And there's also every asset that New York and LA has, whether it's culture or, or patrons of the arts or top-notch, you know, filming, et cetera. It's all directors. It's all here. It's just a little, it's not as, the light isn't as bright being shown on it. So I think the way we came up is we were more, we all had ambition, but for the early formative years where we're knocking around and really just chasing how to become really good and impress our peers. I think Chicago's mm. that safe space. Mm. I mean, Stephen Colbert told us the same thing uh, when we talked last year. And, you know, when he was young, he was just his ability to like break in and make art anywhere to yeah. kind of get his friends together. And that's something we, we still see to this day, the, the amount of, ingenuity that still exists in this city i have friends who are still putting up shows at the annoyance with little money and little marketing and just the opportunity to do it and you know we're, we're all out here trying trying to figure it out and make it Brad, I recently saw you in um, Plant Keith and AP Bio. Matt, uh, one of the first times that I saw you was, you know, as Mike in uh, one of my absolute favorite shows of all time, V. Uh, it just, it, it goes without saying. It's one of the greatest comedies HBO has ever, ever put out. Um, I wanted to talk to y'all about those shows. What, you know, your... Uh, not not only your success with both of those shows, but, you know, that, that dream of starting comedy in Chicago, you know, kind of working a circuit, moving across the country to, to then being on some like some hit shows. Just what has that experience been like to the point that now that you're able to make your own art? Well, I'll, I'll start. There's there's a real Chicago pedigree in Veep, for example, like the creators were British, but the team they assembled start, you know, was improv friendly. They used improv, which is very much like a training that Chicago teaches really well still. Um, but like Julia Dreyfus came out of Chicago and then you got your Gary Cole and your Kevin Dunn. Uh, Tim Simons also did theater here before he moved out to uh, LA. Uh, Anna Klumski's from Oak Park. So all these like personalities that we got along really great and, and chemistry is everything. And so there's real, there's a real Chicago DNA in that show. Mike, always a pleasure to see you be a stupid asshole. And you, you gay Irish fireman, you, you're okay. But you, you, I do not like. You know what happens with all that shit, Amy? Uh, does it get used in a clumsy and unpleasant analogy by you? Really, Amy? Because I've met some people, okay, real people. And I got to tell you, a lot of them are fucking idiots. You are like a, a earlobe. You're just there. Just wobbling. How much improv was it? I mean, there's so many damn jokes per second. It was mostly in the rehearsal room. They would. It wasn't just like, okay, turn the camera on and shoot, because there was a lot of pages mm -hmm. to shoot. But we would use it a lot in the rehearsal room, and the writers would take things we said and reshape it or, or use it verbatim, and then it would appear in the next draft, and we would workshop things on their feet constantly. And then in the earlier seasons, we were able to improvise one take once we kind of got what was shot on the page. Well, Matt Walsh, Brad Morris, I appreciate y'all making time for CityCast Chicago, the creators behind the new film, Unplugging. Um, I'm really grateful for y'all. Thank you, man. Thanks for having us. All good. Alex, by the way, 
Nice to meet you, Alex. I couldn't find the songs you requested. I'm not talking to you, Alexa. This is personal. Jesus. Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode is only available with Amazon Music Unlimited on this Echo Show. It's free for 30 days and then you'll be automatically charged. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Chicago, while masks are coming down, our new COVID-19 cases is going up to roughly 480 per day. Yeah, that's a 12% increase from last week. Now, the Chicago Department of Public Health and its leader, Dr. Allison Arwoody, says we're still at low risk for COVID transmission as the total number of hospitalizations and deaths continue to fall. Demolition crews have started tearing down Antioch Missionary Baptist Church after a fire left the historic Inglewood Church devastated over the weekend, just hours after a Good Friday celebration. Church leader says the plan is to rebuild in Inglewood. Landmarks Illinois has released its 2022 Most Endangered Historic Places list. You can head over to our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm newsletter to see the full list. And some good news to get you through. The 38th annual Chicago Latino Film Festival begins today with a hybrid format over the next two weeks. You can catch screenings at the crib, the drive-in, and the theater. Check the show notes for a link to tickets. As always, I appreciate you for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace.